Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. I am your host, Evan Grote, producer at SportsNot.com, and we have a lot of great Raiders coverage on the website now available for you from our team of writers, Scott Gilbranson and Mo Moten, to name a few. Please make sure you are following and subscribing to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, and you can also follow me on the website formerly known as Twitter.com, now known as X. You can follow me at egroat 5 Please make sure you do that. Also, please, if you have a chance, go out there and give me a, a rating and a review on the podcast. It really helps us out. It really helps content creators out, get their podcast noticed a bit more. So if you could take a few minutes to do that for me, I would really appreciate it. Well, Raider Nation, it was a Halloween to remember for Raiders fans, although I guess depending on which time zone you live in, maybe the news happened on November 1st for you like it did for me. But anyhow, the bombshell news, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler fired, much to the delight of the fans. You guys have been calling for it for months and weeks now, and it finally happened. And and Mark Davis had seen enough. He was not seeing the progress that he was hoping for 25 games into this new regime. And now it's back to the drawing board for your Las Vegas Raiders. We will discuss it all this evening, what went wrong, how it went down, my reaction to the changes, and where the organization goes from here. We'll also be joined by Logan Reaver, sports anchor, anchor excuse me, for 8 News Now in Las Vegas. He's out there. He's close to the situation. He covers the team on a daily basis. Uh, And so we will see what he has to say about all that has gone on this week out there in Henderson. And uh, what's kind of been forgotten this week that we will also touch on briefly is that the Raiders have a game this week on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. They welcome in the New York Giants for the first time. Uh, So I do want to talk about that a little bit as well. And I expect Giants fans to to travel well because it is the first time they're playing there, much like the Steelers traveled well their first time out there to Allegiant Stadium this year. You you should probably expect a lot of the same on Sunday. Uh, But that being said, let's get it kicked off this week with the news of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler getting fired, along with offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. Uh, Really, he was the offensive coordinator in title only. Not really privy to the extent of the influence uh, on the play calling that Lombardi had. We all know Josh McDaniels was the mastermind behind the offense, and so I'm not so sure that Lombardi deserved to be fired, but it sounds like he was more of a guilty by association kind of deal for him. Uh, What I want to do is I want to take a quick listen to start it off. Let's take a quick listen to the audio clip courtesy of the NFL uh, Network. Uh, This is Ian Rappaport kind of explaining 
how it all went down. Let's take a listen now. Well, first of all, I actually just got a text from the Raiders, uh, from, from someone on the Raiders, about that meeting and said, I thought our Kumbaya meeting would work. I think a lot of people did after that meeting. It did not work. Really, nothing worked. And what Mark Davis has been doing over the course of the last week or so is meeting with some selected veterans, from Josh Jacobs to Devonta Adams, either dinner or meetings, and just trying to get an idea of the culture. What is it like? What is Josh McDaniels like as a head coach? What is the locker room like? And how much hope is there for the future? You know, losing is something you could take theoretically if you know it is going in the right place. But I think that's, based on my conversations over the course of the last 24 hours, that's kind of where this stands, is that Mark Davis just didn't think it was going in the right direction. It feels like a rash move. It feels like a short-term move. Firing Josh McDaniels actually for the second time in his career after fewer than two seasons, like a season and a half both times. This is something that Mark Davis has been thinking about, has been pondering, has been wondering, ultimately made the move yesterday afternoon and then a little bit later decided to fire general manager Dave Ziegler as well. I assume because they were a package deal. Usually a GM gets to hire a coach or draft a quarterback or something. Dave Ziegler did not get that opportunity. That said, the Raiders are moving in a completely new direction. So there you heard the the process that was going on behind the scenes. And, and I find it remarkable. I really do. Uh, when we hear more and more about what went on kind of behind closed doors, much of what led to the firing of Josh McDaniels was, was some of the same stuff, a lot of the same stuff that went on in Denver. Mismanagement of the roster, I would say, is a part of it, but also mismanagement of relationships. And as Ian Rappaport said there, you can take losing to some degree. We even heard uh, Mark Davis talk about at the beginning of the season that this year, Ziegler and McDaniels wouldn't necessarily be judged on wins and losses, but more so on the development of young players. Um, But I think what happened here is when you look at the fashion in which Las Vegas has lost games in the last two seasons, especially the last two losses, they were some of the most embarrassing ways possible to lose games. And I mentioned the lack of management with the roster, but more importantly, it was the lack of relationships with the players and maybe even a lack of of trust with players and his style of coaching just not meshing with players um, and we, if you saw the clip of Rob Gronkowski, he was on with Kay Adams yesterday. He talked a little bit about that in his style and, and it kind of rubbing players the wrong way. It was the same story in Denver. And in his introductory press conference, he was asked about his his failures. And he talked a lot about how he believed he he grew and he learned from that experience. But that was not the case. That is not what we saw in Las Vegas. And in the end, it's what cost him his job. It's what cost him his job because you heard Davis was going into the, out to dinner with players, meeting with his, his trusted players, his leaders to see what they thought. And, and the, the environment was, was not good. And, and again, that's, that's eventually what kind of led to this, this, uh, fail, uh, firing. So major changes are, are coming for the Raiders. On a short week, no less, not an ideal situation. Many times you see these types of moves occur during a bye week when there's more time to prepare and kind of acclimate 
the the team to the new leadership, but Mark Davis had seen enough of McDaniels and Ziegler after only 25 games, 9-16 and 16 was the record, and McDaniels now becomes the first head coach to be fired in his second year two times. It didn't just happen once, it happened two times. That's not a record that you want to own, and in my opinion, his career as a head coach is, is now uh, is over. Now, there's many of you guys out there listening right now, I'm sure, who are saying, I told you so. I, I knew this was going to happen. I, I told you so. And I, I tip my cap to you guys. You were right. And, and you know, I was wrong. McDaniels and Ziegler certainly were not my top choices, but I was willing to, to keep an open mind with it. I thought, we all know, again, the, the, the history of what went on in Denver. I thought he deserved a second chance. I, I really did, you know, from his time in Denver. He was a young guy back then. He's he was older now. I thought, you know, he could have learned from that. And as I mentioned, we were I was wrong. Not we all were wrong, but I I was wrong and many of us were wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was open to a second chance. I even went as far to say that this year I, I felt that he deserved time, right? You you listen to the show, you know my my stance on this, and that was even after the debacle that we saw last year. I still felt he deserved another year to kind of get things right, see his vision through, see his plan through, and I actually thought that the offense could maybe perform a bit more efficiently with a quarterback in place this year that was more of a system fit, but what a disaster the offense has become, what a disaster this season has become, but you have to look at the offense with all the money that is being spent on that side of the ball, $104 million. They're being outplayed by a defense with a lot more younger players, a lot less talent, and you have to point the finger at the guy who is in charge of that offense. I want you to think about something for a moment as well. I want you to think about the damage that has been done to this organization by the previous two coaches and front offices. The bad draft picks by Gruden and Mayock, the terrible contracts that that Gruden and Mayock gave out. You remember Corey Littleton? Do you remember that contract? That did not work out. Not at all. And there's many others you could point to with that regime. The draft picks, we all know about the failed draft picks. Look at what Ziegler did in year one. Uh, Actually, excuse me, a a year and a half. That's what I'm trying to say. The Chandler Jones deal, that was a complete disaster. That might go down as one of the worst contracts ever given out. Darren Waller was re-signed. Hunter Renfro was signed. Derek Carr was signed, was given the no-trade clause. That backfired. They didn't get anything for him. They don't play Renfro. They re-signed Waller, as I mentioned, and then they decided to trade him just a few months later, which I'm not saying that moving on from Waller was a bad decision. I think it was a good decision to move on from him, but why are you giving him a a massive contract before you do that? You have to have a little bit more vision long-term, right? That's what it takes to do the job. There's still time to get your money's worth out of Renfro for the team. We'll see if he's a little bit more involved here going forward. But when you look at the last two draft classes by Ziegler, I know it's early right now. We've talked about it. But at this point in time, there's there's really no uh, signs of any any foundational pieces in, in either draft class. 
Still plenty of time for that to happen, and I hope it does happen. But we are talking about so much damage. Whomever the new general manager of this team should be, they will have a lot of work ahead of them. And I expect it uh, when the new coach is hired and the new GM is hired, I expect it to be a, a lengthy process uh, for these new people to uh, try to restore this team. Now, speaking of the general manager, Champ Kelly, who was the assistant general manager, takes over in, in the interim role as the general manager. I do think he is a serious contender to get the job full-time. He He's going to get a nice audition here in the remaining nine games. He's already made a move, went out and signed Jalen Smith, linebacker Jalen Smith, to the practice squad. You may recall him, went to Notre Dame, had that terrible, gruesome knee injury, was drafted by the Cowboys, had a couple good years with them, has since... Uh, kind of been out of the league, back in the league, was with the Saints practice squad. So the Raiders signed him off their practice squad. Um, but back to Champ Kelly, he's highly thought of around the league. And, you know, I'm not going to speculate, uh, you know, this week at this point in time, who could be the next GM in line for the Raiders. But we're going to have plenty of time to get into all of that over the course of the next couple of months. But for now, this is Champ Kelly's roster, and I'm interested to see uh, what he can do here to help make this team a little bit more competitive in, in the final nine games of the season. You all know by now Antonio Pierce was named the interim head coach. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I put this out on, on X. You know, if McDaniels should be fired, who would be the best interim head coach, in your opinion, many of you said Pierce could be the guy. He wasn't on my radar, but you know, really there weren't many great options to choose from. Nobody on the remaining staff has previous head coaching experience as far as I know, unless I'm overlooking somebody. So there really wasn't like an obvious choice there that stood out. Um, I'm sure many of you listened to his uh, news conference with the media on Wednesday, and there's no doubt about it. He is a motivator. That is what he brings to this team, and it's really refreshing. As someone who covers the team, I watch I watch 95% of these news conferences. It's refreshing to see a much different personality at the podium leading this team. It's a complete 180 from the previous coach. But I do wonder, I do wonder, is it enough to save this team right now? It is an extremely difficult position that he is in right now. What do you think, and this is the question I want to pose to you guys as you're listening, what do you think are fair and realistic expectations for Antonio Pierce over the next nine games? This is something I'm going to ask our guest, Logan Reaver, when we bring him on here in segment number two. Are you expecting wins? I mean, do you think this team can can still compete and maybe even get to the playoffs? I mean, the schedule does look very, very difficult. Or are you just content with seeing the team play a little bit more inspired football with more effort, maybe a cleaner version of what we have been seeing, a little bit more production from the offense? Is that going to be satisfying enough for you, or are you expecting wins? Do you want to see this team you know, drastically improve? Is that realistic? Let me know what you think. Reach out to me on X. Send me a DM. You can reach me on the website, justpodbaby.com as well. So I'm interested to hear your take on that. 
I don't know what to expect schematically is, you know, with the new play caller, Bo Hardegree, who is, was promoted to offensive coordinator, um, Aiden O'Connell, you know, steps in as the starting quarterback going forward for the foreseeable future. And, you know, having a, a head coach who has never been in this position before, there are just so many things right now that are, are, are going to be major challenges as I just laid out. You know, naturally, you think, okay, this team has to improve a little bit just by just from some um, kind of addition by subtract subtraction, right? Not having McDaniel's in the building anymore should help things, uh, but we don't know. We're going to find out soon. One thing I do expect is that this team will come out and they will play hard for their new head coach. He's a passionate guy. He's a fiery guy, if you, which you saw in the in the conference. So I do think there will be an initial jolt of enthusiasm we, we've seen that many times and I, I do expect that to be the case with this football team but will that be enough to get things going in in more of a positive direction there's a lot of coaches in this league that are passionate that are fiery that know how to motivate and know how to lead and inspire but there's a lot more to it as you know you got to be able to do a lot of things right not just motivate your players. That's that's a major part of it, but you got to know your X's and O's, your game management, clock management, all those types of things as well. Now, the next topic that I want to move on to before we, we go to a break and, and, you know, we will have plenty of time again over the next couple of months to discuss who the next general manager should be, who the prospects are for the, the next head coach. It's only November it's week nine, still a lot of football to be played, but um, I do want to at least mention this, okay? Um, and, and we're probably going to agree a lot, or, or excuse me, agree or disagree a lot here over the next couple of weeks about who we think the head coach should be, but I'm banging the table right now. I'm just going to put it out there real quick. Jim Harbaugh, and, and he was my guy the last hiring process. I'm going to be pushing for him again this time around. I will say this right now. Yes, I am aware to some degree the problems he is facing at Michigan right now with the sign-stealing scandal. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm probably not as informed on the subject as I should be if I'm going to be sitting here and kind of uh, advocating for the guy to be the next head coach of the Raiders. Uh, but, but, you know, all of that aside, I'm talking about him as a football coach right now. He is a winner. He wins everywhere he goes. He's won everywhere he has gone. He has turned other programs around, other franchises around. He would bring credibility to the job. Uh, he would bring toughness and discipline to the team again, something that I think has been missing for a long time. And I do expect many of you to disagree with me, which is it's just fair. I know there's again there's a lot of drama and controversy surrounding him right now. That's hard to uh, turn your back on and ignore. I I understand that. I actually need to look into that a bit more myself. That could change my mind the more I learn about what's going on out there in Michigan. But me personally, I would feel more confident bringing in a guy like Jim Harbaugh than I would going with the trendy coordinator who who has no track record of any kind of success in the NFL. Jim Harbaugh has that both at the college level and 
at the NFL level. Now, the reason I even bring up this discussion, because I know it's so early on, and we do have so much time before we need to even worry about this, I heard an audio clip on X from the Colin Cowherd show on Wednesday. And and I want to share it with you because I'm not sure how many of you guys have, have heard it. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm generally not a, a, a Cowherd fan. I think he says a lot of things for shock value. He's in the business of getting ratings and he knows how to do that really well. He's a master at it. Uh, but I do agree with him in this case. So I want to, I want to take a, you guys to take a listen to it. It's a little bit long. It's about three minutes, but go ahead, take a listen. And then we'll talk a little bit about it uh, when, when we come back. All right, the Raiders fired their coach. The question now, they put interim people in charge. Who should they hire as coach? Well, for a a dozen reasons, and I'll give you a few, my first choice would be Jim Harbaugh, and my second choice would be keep calling Jim Harbaugh. He is the only coach, one in the country, one that you know will work. He worked four for four. Small college San Diego, bigger college Stanford, NFL Niners, Big college, Michigan, four for four. His dad was a good coach. His brother's a great coach. Maybe it's in the genes. He always has a vision. Teams get physical. He's relentless, passionate. He is the only coach you know it works. And like Pete Carroll when he went to the Seahawks out of USC and Jimmy Johnson when he went to the Cowboys out of Miami, Harbaugh would have a three-year advantage over the rest of the NFL in terms of personnel. Because when you come from a major program, a USC, a Michigan, and Miami, and you are recruiting five-star, four-star players, you also know the guys you missed out on, not the guys who came to your program. So Pete's first three drafts, Jimmy Johnson's first three drafts, they were running circles around the league. Over time, you got to have the right GM, but you can get a huge advantage in your first three drafts out of college. So ask yourself, what's the hit rate on coordinators to head coach? 30%? What's the hit rate on college guys to the NFL? 20%? How about 100%? Jim Harbaugh also turns things around quickly, and that matters because Mark Davis is impatient. When he went to the Niners, six wins to 13 in six months. Michigan, five to 10 in six months. He is a quick turnaround artist. It's very Parcells. It also, and this is the thing, sends a message. We now want to compete with Kansas City. We want to compete with Baltimore. We want to compete with the big boys, Pete Carroll's, San Francisco. I mean, Andy Reid's been coaching 40 years at the highest level. When the Chargers hired Brandon Staley with four years NFL experience, What was the message? He was the cheapest candidate. They hired a defensive guy from Crosstown, didn't have to move, four years, non-head coaching experience, and you think twice a year you're going to go toe-to-toe and beat Andy Reid? Come on, man. You don't even want to compete. Jim Harbaugh sends a message. We're looking for Super Bowls. We want to compete at the highest level. Jim Harbaugh is clearly the answer. All we have here is a question. How good do you want to be? I mean, if you're paying this much money for Josh McDaniels not to coach, you're obviously smart enough to pay for Jim Harbaugh to coach. Write some big checks. Andy Reid twice a year. 
Sean Payton now twice a year. Took him about eight games. He's got the Broncos turned around. The Chargers probably within a year, they make a coaching move. You're going to go with an interim? Special teams guy? Guy that's never been a head coach? Take a big swing. Take a big cut. All right, so there he was, Callan Cowherd. Love him or hate him, you cannot argue with anything he said there. The guy can coach. Some are going to point to the latest controversy. Some are going to say that he's been out of the NFL for a long time. But it's very, very possible that he will be available next season. Michigan has already said they have rescinded the contract extension that they were discussing. That's off the table for now. And I look around the NFL landscape, there's two teams right now, well, one team right now and one team in the future that could be looking for new head coaches. And both of these teams have ties to Harbaugh. The Raiders, who need a coach, and the Bears, who could possibly need a coach. He played for the Bears uh, from 87 to 93. So as of right now, as I did the first time around, I'm hitching my wagon to Jim Harbaugh. There's plenty of room if you want to hop on. I understand, though, if he's not for you. All right, guys, time for my break. I'm going to catch my breath here a little bit. And when we come back, we will be talking to Logan Reaver, sports anchor from 8 News Now in Las Vegas. Get some of his thoughts on everything that has gone down this week and about the Raiders game on Sunday versus the Giants at Allegiant Stadium. All of that coming up right back at you after these words. You're listening to Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. And welcome back, Raider Nation. You are listening to Just Pod Baby. I am your host, Evan Grote. We're about to get segment number two kicked off. The Raiders taking on the New York Giants this weekend on Sunday. Looking to kind of rewrite the, the season at the halfway point here. Uh, the Giants coming in with a two and six record, and just to kind of get into this game, just just a bit here because there's so much other news going on this week that I'm kind of overlooking this game a little bit. To be honest with you, the Giants' season has not gone the way they were hoping. They were a playoff team last year. Brian Dable came in as a first-year head coach, did great things with that team, did great things with the quarterback Daniel Jones. It has not worked out yet for them this season. Jones has been injured. He is going to play this week. He's going to return this week after missing, I believe, the last two or three games. He was dealing with a neck injury. So he'll be under center uh, for the Giants this week, which I think will help them in that offense. Barkley's been playing really well. Um, A couple of things about the matchup. Darren Waller, he's going to be out. Uh, He's not playing. He's dealing with that hamstring. The same hamstring that hampered him all last year with the Raiders, or all, I should say, all preseason with the Raiders, but um, this is a game that, you know, on paper, you would think the Raiders, despite all, everything that's gone on, they, they should be be in this game. You know, if the defense continues to play the way it has, if they can get a little something from this uh, offense, maybe the, the change at quarterback, maybe a, a change at the play caller will help things out. One thing that does uh, concern me is going up against a, a coordinator, defensive coordinator like uh, Wink and Wink, uh, what's his name? Wink Martindale. Sorry, 
I couldn't couldn't spit it out there. He is a coordinator who loves to bring pressure, so I'm sure he's going to bring a lot of it to try to confuse the young rookie quarterback. So that'll be one thing that will be a major factor in this game is is can the offensive line protect O'Connell? We know it's been a problem protecting really whoever's been under center. So if they can protect them and they can keep them clean and they can keep them upright, then I think the offense will be able to move the ball. And I, I think O'Connell uh, will, will be just fine. So those are some of my thoughts on the game. What I want to do now is let's let's go out to the phone lines. Let's bring in our guests. Uh, we're, we're joined this week by, by Logan Reaver, who is a sports anchor out there in Las Vegas for uh, Channel 8 News Now. And he's been very busy this week. I'm wondering, though, how is he holding up? Logan, how are you holding up out there this week with all this this crazy news that's been, been coming your way? Oh, it's, uh, it, it's been a, a time and a half. But, I mean, when, when you get this sort of upheaval, I think uh, it's similar to the Raiders. They're, they're kind of taking it in stride based on, you know, everything that's been going, been going on this week because the, the, their mood is, is pretty different than anything we've seen. So it's hard not to – for that to rub off on you, even as a media member, because it's a whole different vibe in there right now. Well, that that's a good thing, and we're gonna we're gonna get into all of that right now. So let, let's let's dive into it. You know, I don't think many of us were surprised to hear the news that McDaniel's was fired, but um, I, I don't know how many people assumed that that Ziegler would be you know on his way out as well. Um, in the end, just, uh, Mark Davis decided to completely clean house. He even relieved offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi of his duties as well. Uh, but what are some of your initial thoughts on, on some of the changes that have been made and, and were you at all shocked to see Ziegler get fired as well? I mean, I, I think it really boils down to maybe kind of a level of frustration with just some of the overall handpicking that Josh McDaniels had because in a lot of ways you look at the guys um, that did end up leaving. It's, you know, Ziegler is obviously heavily involved. Mick Lombardi was le- heavily, uh, heavily involved, you know, in just getting to this point with Josh McDaniels as is. And then obviously the Jimmy Garoppolo element too. And I think... Um, you know, between you know his benching now is that in a lot of ways this now new regime is looking to go kind of completely against the grain um, of what was just here, and to have that in the middle of the season, that sort of change is you know it, it's wild enough as is because mid-season firings um, you know usually signify something deeper. Uh, a lot of teams want to wait it out as long as possible and, and try to do it towards the end of the year, and when you do it in the middle of the year, that obviously means that there's a, a glaring problem. Uh, I think the interesting part is that you have a guy in Patrick Graham who also comes from New England um, that has those McDaniels ties too, and he gets to stay on with his job because in a lot of ways he's done a really good job this season, especially with what uh, you know he's been given at times. And, and this defense, I feel like, has been uh, overperforming even from the expectations, especially nationally. So uh, it's not every single person that was in, you know involved with Josh, but um, I, there was a level of surprise that came along with it because – um, I understand that Dave Ziegler didn't make a lot of, uh, you know, every single decision wasn't great, but um, I think that he has a pretty decent draft class and the one that he just took um, from top to bottom. And I think that there was some other moves that uh, I think led to what has been some improvements on this roster. Uh, is it nearly to the degree of from top to bottom? Not at all. But um, I think that it really boils down to most things that uh, were involved with Josh McDaniels. That was the real upheaval here. Um, and I think that's what led to the decision from the other night. Yeah, and you know when when you first came on, you were talking about you know an excitement, a, a different kind of uh, feeling that you know hadn't been uh, around this team in a very long time. Uh, I, I know you had some locker room access today on Thursday. You, you had the chance to be around some of the guys, talk with them. I'm sure. What can you tell us about that mood? And you know what is the vibe like? And, and what are the players saying today? 
and I, I'm I'm trying to not be. I'm trying to not be over the top with this. It was the happiest locker room that I've seen, especially covering this team and, and maybe one of the happier ones in my career. And that's just, that's the truth of the matter. Like guys were night and day in terms of just the level of conversation, even between guys, let alone the joking, like it, it really was, it felt like guys could be themselves. And, and that I'm trying to not give it too much hyperbole, but it, it was evident. And, and a lot of the other media members can attest to it as well. It's not just adding a basketball hoop or, <laughs> you know, playing Super Smash Bros or like having that stuff. It, it felt like there was a real, hey, we have this ability to get back to having fun. And it wasn't forced. That was a big thing Devontae said uh, as well, is that we don't want to force this stuff. We want it to come naturally. And I think that's what happens when you bring in a guy like Antonio Pierce to sort of, as these guys have said a number of times, is leader of men. And Devontae said it wasn't a knock against Josh McDaniels that he wasn't, but it's just much more glaring the fact that a guy like Antonio is that. And it's really hard to find in the NFL. Like, There's been some really good coaches or some guys who have really created really good schemes and designs, but they're not necessarily leading the guys. And in a lot of ways, this peer system that he's talking about implementing of, hey, it's going to be player run, I think you see that on a day like today where it's just you have these guys who are now able to fully be themselves and if they're the ones running things maybe the results are you know could get to a different stratosphere of what this team has experienced but just being around there it was honestly a lot of fun to see the guys kind of let loose and kick back and I can definitely say it wasn't forced by any means and um, if that's the case for this team going forward and we, we know it's not as simple as just having fun which leads to, to wins and losses but there is a different energy and vibe that goes along with it. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that, and it, and it's and it's good to hear that the guys are are seemingly a, a bit looser, and and hopefully that'll translate onto the field. Uh, you know, Antonio Pierce, he steps into a very tricky position. You know, as the interim head coach of this football team right now, uh, coaching his first game on a short week. You know, keeping in mind that he's never been a head coach before, uh, he has an offensive coordinator uh, who's never called plays in Bo Hardegree a rookie quarterback to lead the offense. There's a lot of challenges there for him. And, and I know there's a lot of excitement. You just told us about the locker room and, and how the players seem to be excited. The, the fans are excited. Um, but but what do you think the realistic expectations should be for not only Antonio Pierce as the head coach, but you know for the team in, in the nine games that remain on the schedule? Look, I mean, I mean, most times that you look at, and it's not just a Raiders thing, most team, times you look at a mid-season firing is that there is an immediate shot of adrenaline usually a team rattles off one maybe two in a row and then not that they come back down to earth but th that stuff eventually wears off so i think my main question mark is with any coach it's not just an antonio pierce thing is that you know is this sustainable for the course of years because at a certain point there has to be a foundation and a backbone um you know where it is like i have a lot of question marks about how the offense is going to look a lot different but i know that the josh mcdaniels you know Michelbardi, all of this offense wasn't necessarily hitting on all cylinders, but you're now removing sort of the brain trust from, from that operation. And so I'm curious to see where you're talking about an Antonio Pierce, who's a more defensive-minded guy. How necessarily is the offense going to look different? <laughs> Can vibes alone just cure like an offense that hasn't scored over 20 points by themselves this season? I don't necessarily know about that. So there's a lot of questions that I have about past this season, but sure, they can go on and they can be both of these New York teams the next couple of weeks. And like that part is simple, but you know, for Mark Davis, who, who gave Josh McDaniels this contract in the first place is that they wanted something in place that was sustainable. Antonio Pierce has the chance obviously to prove that here going forward. Um, but with any, any guy that has never been 
a head coach in the league, you're going to wonder about. But I'll be honest, I was the first person to be like, you know, Dan Campbell's not, this isn't going to work out with him in Detroit. And he's a player's guy and has led to this incredible success and completely changed the culture overnight. You can only hope that that's the same situation here with the Raiders, but I'm not going to put it past a lot of these players, you know, these players, coaches who can implement this now, because I think commanding a room and having guys behind you can really, you know, make up for a lot of flaws in teams that sometimes are more strategically sound. Um, so I don't necessarily know if, hey, this is cut out to be a two or three year thing, but I'm not going to discount it because the way that that Antonio Pierce was talking, it makes you a believer in general. And I think that that was something that was really glaring for us in the media is to be like, oh, this is truly different from what this team has seen in a minute, and especially since that playoff run. It kind of had some of that same, you know, vibes to it all and some of that same sort of juice as uh, to take a term from. Antonio Pierce so uh, you know I'm not going to knock the guy but sure there's there's a bunch of things that need to be answered going forward but I think in the short term um, that this probably pays off and I definitely see them winning uh, coming up this week our guest this week is Logan Reaver sports anchor uh, for eight news now in Las Vegas you can follow Logan on x at Logan Reaver and I want to stay with the offense just for a minute I I know we we have no idea what to expect uh, you know from from the new offensive coordinator you know what his plans are, but what do you think, uh, what are some things that you, you would like to see him do differently than from what we have seen with Josh McDaniels calling the plays? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty simple to say finding more ways to get Devontae the ball, but I, I feel like at a certain point is that there should be less use of, of really decoys. I think that that's been a really frustrating things uh, for fans to watch in a lot of ways is, is seeing the amount of plays that you know, Hunter Renfro is used as a decoy. Devontae is used as a decoy. It's just at, at a certain point, getting your best players the ball. And in a lot of ways, there's been a lot of offenses who have been better when they're simplified. And, you know, sometimes you're trying to do too much. Um, so in a lot of ways, really, the, the short pass game, like that's going to be something that helps. Because, again, Aiden O'Connell is is still learning the NFL. I know that there's been leaders and and guys like Devontae have talked about him with such high praise and saying that he's way ahead of most first-year quarterbacks that he's ever been around. Um, but there really has to be things to sort of propel them up. So I think going with the decision of Aiden over Jimmy um, does kind of complicate a couple of things because now you're really kind of going in blind in a number of ways of, of how to get over this hump of an offense who struggled all season. Uh, but I would like to see a lot more of the, the, the short pass game and the screen game because then I think it allows your guys like – We've seen Trey Tucker at his best when it is implementing and kind of those jet sweeps and finding reverses. So I'm not asking for anything really too complicated from this offense. Um, But at a certain point is that if you can get that sort of short pass game going, then you can eventually start to get Josh Jacobs truly rolling. We've seen it in glimpses, like one drive in Detroit the other night. But I think it really boils down to I think you will see Aiden O'Connell at his best once the play action gets going um, because teams aren't respecting that right now when it comes to to filling up the box and, and how they approach it. So I, I really think a more simple approach um, and, and kind of going in with, with kid gloves really for Aiden O'Connell because I think they tried to hand him a little bit too much in that uh, Chargers game and it led to a number of turnovers. So if they can simplify things and being like, hey, three-step drop, get it out, short pass game, then I think you'll see a lot more success. And it really boils down to the turnovers. If they can avoid the turnovers, they will be in any game. And I think that that's been the common senses this entire season so you know less is more sometimes and I think that that has to be the approach when it comes to uh, going up against the Giants yeah absolutely you, know, you talked about the turnovers that, that's been a huge part of the problem on the offense and 
you know, a lot of people have been saying if if the if they can just get a little bit more from the offense because the defense is playing much better this year, then they should be able to you know compete in a, in, in a lot more of these games here coming up. Uh, just one more for you here. I know you're you're short on time here, so I just want to get you out of here. Uh, it's only week nine. Uh, there's there's many weeks and months that we're going to discuss who the next head coach could be. Um, Mark Davis has a lot of time before he needs to make that decision. And he admits he is not a football guy. You know, he is not his father in that department. He's done an excellent job on the business side of things. Um, but you know, on the field, as far as that product goes, you know, it's been, it's been a bit of a struggle to to say the least. What would you like to see him do differently or, or what would you expect him to do differently this time around as he looks to hire a new head coach? I think it's actually really complicated because I was, I was saying this last night with some of the other you know, people who cover the team is that you'll see nine times out of 10 when an owner decides to go with a coach who has you know, one side of the, the mind or side of the track where it was a Josh McDaniels and you have this guy who was billed as an offensive guru um, and they put all of their eggs in that basket. You know, usually the next guy when that flames out is going to be the exact opposite of that. And does Mark Davis want to go with another guy, you know, in like a a Ben Johnson from Detroit who, you know, has that element and is kind of changing the game and has a really innovative scheme? Or do you want to stick with a guy like an Antonio Pierce who can capture a room and has that defensive sort of ethics and and mentality towards things? Because, you know, usually you try to auto correct and go the other way uh, a lot of in a lot of cases. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's what Mark Davis will do because you have to have an offensive mind in today's day and age. But I even look at what Miami did when they did let go of Brian Flores going with the Mike McDaniel because Flores was a defensive guy and that side of the ball was obviously what he got after. And he didn't have bad seasons there, but the team knew it wasn't enough. And then they go out and get a Mike McDaniel, who's this offensive genius. And you're seeing it firsthand with the amount of motion and just kind of different intricacies that he has, but between an offense. So there's obviously so much time and that has to pass if they were to go in a different direction this offseason. Uh, I think the one thing that's difficult from a standpoint of Antonio Pierce is that I viewed the second half of the Raiders' schedule as the way that they would fall apart because it is so much more tough than the first half, and it really still is lining up that way. Not every single game is looking that way, but it's going to be really tough for Antonio Pierce to sort of have even close to a winning record with this back half of the schedule and the amount of teams and even haven't even played Kansas City at all at this point, right? So it's just... I think that there's going to be a lot that goes into it, but I can see a Mark Davis be like, Hey, it didn't work out with Josh. We didn't have a guy necessarily um, that led to the most fun in the room and all of that. Um, So let's go the other direction and get maybe a guy who was a former player or stick with a guy who was a former player like Antonio uh, and go that route. I don't necessarily see the, I know the Jim Harbaugh conversation is a a hot debate right now. I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, I think you need a guy that really has a lot of belief and, and somebody within the system already. I think that you've tried out getting somebody that wasn't within the system and you saw how it worked. And I think that this team wants um, a little bit more belief and confidence, as Antonio Pierce said in his introductory press conference. Um, so I think that they go that direction. But again, there's so much more time. And, you know, if these games end up uh, on the other side and, and kind of some of the uh, losses towards the end of the year, then you might see a completely different mentality. Uh, but in this current mind state where, you know, Josh McDaniels, and Dave Ziegler are fired this week, you'd have to think that they would go uh, the polar opposite direction in terms of mentality. 
Yeah, all great points, especially the one you make about the schedule. Uh, they still have two games with Kansas City, a game with Miami, another game with the Chargers. So there are some very challenging games ahead, and it, it could be tr- uh, difficult to, to truly get an evaluation of Antonio Pierce. But it should be fascinating to see how all this plays out here in the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, certainly there's plenty to talk about. Logan Reaver, everybody, we, mm-hmm. we thank you for the time. Uh, you do a great job covering the team, and we appreciate you uh, making some time for us this evening. Absolutely. Thanks so much, my friend. Appreciate it. All right, there he goes, Logan Reaver with 8 News Now in Las Vegas. I, I thought he made a great point there about who the next hire could be. And I was actually reading, uh, I can't remember, it must have been Vic Tafer's piece in The Athletic. I think that's who it was. Uh, it was one of the, either Tashan or, or Vic, but I was reading about how Davis even said the next time around, you know, he's open to anything. So it's very possible that the guys who are currently in the jobs, uh, Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce, they could be the guys that he hires long-term. He's open to anything. He's going to be thinking a little bit outside the box. So I thought it was interesting when uh, Logan was talking about how it's very possible that Davis decides to go in a complete opposite direction of what he went with with Ziegler and McDaniels. And also keeping in mind that I wonder if there's any regret for not hiring Rich Passaccia the uh, the last time, right? And, and not wanting to make that so-called mistake again, however you want to look at it, however you see it, uh, not wanting to make that same mistake again this time around should Antonio Pierce show some signs of life. So it's an interesting conversation to have. Again, we're going to have plenty of time to have that one, uh, but we'll save that a little bit you know, more in-depth for another time. Anyhow, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Please, like I said at the top of the show, leave me a, a positive review and rating if you wouldn't mind. And as far as that introduction goes, I know it still mentions Josh McDaniels as the coach, Uh, The next time you listen to the show, you will hear a new intro, a new music intro to the show. So uh, I appreciate you uh, bearing with me one last time with the the current uh, intro to the show. All right, guys, take care. Have a great weekend. Uh, It's getting cold here in the Northeast. Time to bust out the winter jackets. We've got a little snow flurries here and there. Hopefully we don't get anything that sticks, though, for a while. But anyhow, wherever you're located, enjoy the weekend. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And as always, just win, baby.